So in the Life Masterclass all throughout this month of September, uh, we'll be teaching on or talking or having a discourse on the biblical strategies for thriving in a dark world. The biblical strategies for thriving in a dark world. In a dark world. Let's open our Bibles to Isaiah 60 verse 1 to 3. We'll be reading two passages of the scriptures. Isaiah 60 verse 1 to 3. And also we'll be reading Luke 16 verse 1 to 8. Well, let's start with Isaiah chapter 60. This message, right, this series is very prophetic, right, and I want us to pay attention, right, like we have never done before throughout this month of September. The things we'll be talking about are not just the things that will help you in this month, but they will help you throughout your life. Isaiah 60 verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, Arise, shine, for your light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. And Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. And that will be your experience in Jesus' name. So we see here the prophetic word that a time is going to come and I believe we are in those times. Where the Bible says that darkness will cover the earth. That is, the world is going to be a dark place. Uh, if Isaiah said this, right, um, thousands of years ago, it simply means you and I, we are in a darker world. Praise God. It says arise and shine. God is not going to arise on your behalf. You must be the one to arise. It says, arise, shine, and the glory, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So you should not just, as it were, keep that glory to yourself. The world needs to see that glory. And the only way that glory is going to be seen is when you step into your place and you begin to accept responsibility, right, for the things that God has entrusted unto you. And that's why he says that darkness, right, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. He said, but in the midst of it all, God still has an ultimate plan. It says it will arise upon you and his glory will be seen even over your life. My prayer for you is that no matter how bad it gets and no matter how dark it gets out there, for you it will only get better. In the name of Jesus. It will only get better for you in business. It will only get better for you in your career. It will only get better for you financially. In the name of Jesus. In Luke chapter 16 verse 1 to 8. Luke chapter 16, verse 1 to 8. Luke chapter 16, and verse 1 to 8. The Bible says, And Jesus said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man, which had the steward, and the same was accused unto him, that he had wasted his goods. And he called him, and said unto him, How is he that I hear this of you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you may no longer be my steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord takes away from me the stewardship. He said, I cannot dig. To beg, I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do. That when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors 
unto him and said unto the first, How much do you owe my Lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then said he to another, How much do you owe? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write first call. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. If you can, I want you to share the service for those connecting with us online. I want you to share it, right? I think the link is on the community group. So let's do that very quickly, right? You can share it on your WhatsApp status. Share it wherever, you know, you can. You see, in this passage of scriptures, um, if you don't have accurate understanding of God and his word, you might begin to think that God, right, believes in doing shady things. But what you need to understand here is that Jesus was talking about the people of the world and how they carry out their own operations. The Bible says that this guy, he already is a, a, a saw in advance, a saw ahead what was inevitably going to happen. He already knew that the stewardship was going to be taken away from him. That is, he was about to be fired. And this guy said, you know what? I don't know how to beg. I can't, you know, just get out of a job and just sit down at home and just wish and hope that something would happen. So the guy was strategic in his thinking. So he said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to swing do my boss. And the Bible says that Jesus said here that the Lord commended, right, the unjust one because he had done wisely. Wisely in what sense? That he a, 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 a was able to foresee and he came out with a strategy, right, that would give him a safe landing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Not that the action was commended, but his initiative was recognized. Now, one of the things I always tell people, right, who want to, maybe you've been working in a place and you feel maybe the workplace is not so okay. One of the things I always tell people when they come to me is I always tell them, you see, it's not advisable that you leave one job without having a plan for what next to do. It's not wise. It's not wise. So you see here, this unjust servant, the Bible says that he already knew he was going to leave this particular employment. And he said, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Right? He engaged his mind. He engaged his thinking. And that's why he was commended. And Jesus said the children of this world, that they are in their generation wiser than the children of light. So if Jesus is saying that the children of this world, that they are wiser than the children of light, you better believe it. This is not a prophet that said it. Right? This is not even uh, Apostle Paul that said it. This is not Elijah. This is not Elisha. This is Jesus. Jesus is the one that said it. Why? Because oftentimes, as believers, we are not strategic in our operations. We are not strategic in the way we conduct ourselves. A believer will see evil coming. Right? And it will just pass on. Like the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. And eventually it will be punished. And begin to say, oh God, why did you allow this to happen? You saw this thing happening. Or you saw that this thing was going to happen. Why is it that you did not take, you know, certain steps that will ensure that you don't experience what everyone is going to experience? 
I want you and I to understand this morning that we live in a dark world. We live in a dark environment. That is when we say darkness, we live in a place, right, on a planet where everything has become so dark that people don't even know what next to do. They don't even know that they say. So it is what comes to people. The average person in our world today is beginning to live instinctively. What do I mean by that? It is only human beings that God has given the capacity for reason. Human beings, right, are the only ones that can think before they do things. Animals live instinctively. That is, they live based on what their environment is saying. So when a wild animal feels threatened, the natural thing it wants to do is to attack the, pre, uh, uh, the opposition. Right, so the average person in our world today, if you see the way people conduct themselves, it is so obvious that people are now living instinctively and not living strategically. But you look at people like Daniel, people like Joseph, these guys, they lived in a dark environment. They lived and served under godless monarchs. Now you need to understand that monarchy in the days of Daniel and Joseph is not the same monarchy that we have today. One of the, you know, um, uh, uh, the monarchs that still exist, right, is the Queen of England, you know, uh, um, the um, ruler of Dubai. But you see, uh, uh, it, those ones are even not real monarchs. The monarchs in their day saw themselves as gods. They were not placed there by God. They saw themselves as God. That's why Nebuchadnezzar will raise up an idol, a statue, and say that everyone should worship it while he was still alive. Because as far as they were concerned, they were not human beings. That's why in Egypt, they don't bury their pharaohs, they mummify them. That's why you have the pyramids of Egypt. Because they believe these guys are not human beings. They believe they are gods. And you see, these were people that had a covenant with God. Uh, uh, That's Daniel and Joseph. And they were able to serve under these guys, serving their administration. And they didn't get lost in that system. They didn't get swallowed up in that system. They didn't just survive in that system. They thrived. They succeeded. They did well. And that simply means that you and I, you see, because the Bible says the same God is rich unto all that call upon him. If people could thrive back then, you and I can still thrive now. Am I making sense this morning? You see, and God has not just called you and I to survive. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to try. The way the average person conduct themselves, even in their words, their speech gives them away. It's as if, you know, let me just, let me just survive. Let me just keep body and soul together. You know, man must chop. You know, you are more, you are not on this earth to just chop. Huh? Am I making sense? You are not just on this earth to drive good cars, wear nice clothes. Your life is much more than that. It's much more than that. That's what the Bible says in Matthew 5, verse 13 to 14. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. It says, you are the light of the world. It says, if the salt has lost its flavor, it says, what do you do with it? You don't keep it on the shelf. You don't use it as a, you know, a memorabilia of some sort. What do you do? You trade away. You trample it underfoot. And that is what happens to us as believers. Because the Bible says we are the salt of the earth. That is, it is our responsibility. Our God-given responsibility to preserve the world from decadence. And when we don't do that, we will inevitably be trampled underfoot. That's why many believers have become insignificant in the marketplace. Why? Because we are not rising up to the call, to the demands of heaven. And what Jesus said is this, if we are not salting the earth, right, in quotes, you will inevitably be trampled underfoot. 
And so as believers, you need to realize that I'm not just here to survive. I'm here to thrive. And so your thriving, right, is a strategic positioning for making the kingdoms of this world the kingdoms of our God. So Joseph and Daniel, these guys were not just in Babylon, in Persia, right, and in Egypt, just to, uh, for self-aggrandizement. No, they were there for a strategic purpose. They were there to make God famous. They were there to make God known. And you and I need to understand, at the, behind everything we are doing as believers, at the back of your mind, that consciousness must always be there, that I'm here to make God famous. You see, any form of stardom is useless if it's not leading people to Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Stardom in the marketplace. Because it's not only athletes and actors, actresses, musicians that can become celebrities, that can become stars. You can be a star architect. You can be a star medical practitioner. You can be a star surgeon. Right? You have the likes of, what's this guy's name? Ben Carson. That's a star surgeon. Right? You can be a star footballer. You can be a star preacher. You can be a star script writer. Am I making sense this morning? The Bible says that when the shepherds were watching their flocks by night, the Bible says a star appeared. And you see, even the wise men, the Bible says that they saw a star from the east and they began to follow the star. And where did the star lead them to? To Jesus. It led them to Jesus. So any stardom that does not lead people to Jesus, number one is a stardom that will not last. It's not going to last. It's not going to last. And number two is a useless stardom. Because stardom, right, is not an achievement. It is an entrustment. God simply entrusted you with it. Why? Because people naturally follow stars. They naturally follow stars. Am I making sense this morning? So Jesus said in Matthew 5, 13 and 14, He says you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It simply means when people come to you, when they make contact with you, they should know better. The light of the world. That is, you should protect the world from darkness. Protect the world from ignorance. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 11. The Bible says, Now all these things happened unto them for examples. That is, the things that happened to people like Daniel. Like Joseph, like Shadrach, like Meshach, like Abednego. The Bible says these things happened to them so that they might be examples for us. It says, and these things were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. And trust me, brothers and sisters, we are in the end time. We are in the end of the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, you only, <laughs> except if you are not observant. Except if you are a monk in a monastery, that's where you will not see that the signs of the end time, right? They, you know, it's happening faster than it has ever been. It's happening faster than it has ever been. You see, so the Bible says that the things that were written, it was for our admonition, so that we might know how to position ourselves, so that we might know what to do when the end of the time comes. Let me tell you this, it's okay to relocate, there is nothing wrong with it. But you see, what is going to happen or what is happening in this end time, there is no geographical relocation that can protect you from it. The Bible says darkness shall cover the earth, not Africa. Anywhere you go, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. It might show up in different ways, but darkness, the Bible says, will cover the earth. And gross darkness, the people. 
and gross darkness the people. So it's not about running. It's okay if God is telling you to move to certain locations. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's okay. But let me tell you this. Wherever you are, you need to understand what it takes to thrive in a dark world. Because it's only going to get darker. It's only going to get darker. No matter where you are, it's only going to get darker. John 17 verse 14 to 15. The Bible says, I have given them your word. And the world has entered them. This was Jesus praying, right? Before uh, 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 his, uh, his crucifixion. This is actually the real Lord's prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We'll talk about that in the second service. Maybe not today, maybe next week. Right? Because in the second service all throughout this month, we're talking about prayers. The anatomy of effective prayers. <laughs> you know, when people say the Lord's prayer, say our Father, who art in heaven, right? That's not the Lord's prayer. And I'll show you it was in scriptures. Many of us have believed error for so long. I will mess up your mind in this month of September. Many of the, you see, many people say, God only has one answer for your prayer. It is yes. How many of us have actually said before that, you know, when you go to God, is that you hear yes, you hear no, or he says wait? Where is that in the Bible? You know, we have believed so many things that are not scriptural. The Bible says when you ask anything according to, you, to his will, if you ask right, you will get answers. You get answer. There's no way where God said, wait, yes, no. Well, you know, those are things, imaginations of men. Praise God. So he says, I've given them your word, and the word has entered them. This was when Jesus was praying to the Father before he was crucified. He said, Because they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. He says, I pray that you should not take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. They are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. So Jesus is saying, the goal, right, is not to try to escape the world. The goal is not to start singing Kumbaya. The goal is not to start saying, this world is not my own. I'm just passing through. That's not what to do. The goal, Jesus is saying, is to know what to do. It says the goal is not to take them out of this world. Even though they are not of the world, just like I'm not of the world. It says, but I'm saying that you should preserve them. That you should preserve them. That you should preserve them. So that is what Jesus is saying here in Matthew 10 and verse 16. It says, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. He says, therefore be wise as serpents. And armless as doves. You see that word wise there again? It says, I'm sending you forth. So God's agenda is not to keep us away from the world. Like many believe. His goal is to send you into the world to infiltrate that system. The systems of this world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And thrive in that same place. Not to get lost in it. He said, I'm sending you a sheep among wolves. You know, you and I know that wolves, they consider sheep to be food. So it simply means what he's saying here is I'm sending you into dangerous territories. I'm sending you into places where there are no morals. I'm sending you to places where is it that they tell you is it that you join them or you what? Or you beat them. <laughs> he says so I'm sending you amongst them. He said but you see the only way you can thrive is you need to be as wise as a serpent. But as gentle as those. So when they see you, they see how gentle you are, how calm you are, they think you are harmless. But you need to be strategic. You know, one of the wisdom of the serpent is that a serpent can survive where human beings are living. And you will not know there is a serpent there until it strikes. 
That's one of the wisdom of the serpent. So what Jesus was saying is that you should, I'm sending you as emissaries into systems, into kingdoms, into sectors, right? And the goal is for you to be positioned for an opportune time. For an opportune time. For an opportune time. Ephesians 6 and verse 12. The Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness. Hallelujah. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we see here, it said that this battle, I'm sending you into these dark places. And the people you are confronting are not your colleagues at work. You see, when that boss begins to victimize you, it's not the boss. It's the spirit influencing that boss to be hostile towards you. It says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against it. And this is talking about demonic hierarchy. Hierarchy in the realm of the spirit. He said, I'm sending... <laughs> Praise God. You see, I think I've said this before. Have you noticed that from Genesis to Revelation... I think it was only once or twice that a witch was mentioned. The witch of Endor. That Saul went to meet. Ah, huh? when God did not hear his prayers. But you know what people do in this age and time, especially in Africa? We build old ministries around witches. And they are killing of witches. When the Bible does not even recognize them. It's just like saying, <laughs> praise God, let me leave that. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. He said take your attention off men. He says it's against principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness. You see that word again? The darkness of this world. There are people that it's their... See the same way you and I we are following kingdom agenda. There are some people that their goal is to make the world darker. The devil has also positioned them for such a time as this. Why? Because he knows he has a short time. And let me tell you, you and I need to understand that the world is a trade center. That's why the Bible says that the Antichrist, one of his strategic moves after the rapture of the saints, is that he's going to go after the world of trade. He says, except you take the mark of the beast, you are not going to be able to buy, you are not going to be able to sell. He didn't say you are not going to be able to go to church. Did you see that? He said he's going to make sure you can't buy, you can't sell. He's going to go after trade. He's going to go after the marketplace. That's why when people say things like, what have you people talk church to? Talking about business marketplace on a Sunday morning. I just look at them that these people don't know anything. I don't argue with such people. Because Jesus said, you are the light of the world, not the light of the church. The life of a believer that is not having influence in the marketplace. You see, that believer has not come to the true realization of his call in Christ. Because, the, you see, the Bible says that he came to save the lost. Not only human beings, but things that were lost. We'll talk about that some other time. It's not only human beings Jesus came to save. He also came to save systems. You see, anywhere you see things nose diving, where you see morals being eroded, go and check it. One of the things that first happens, right, is that value is lost or scriptural values are lost. 
You see, many of the things that began to happen or that started happening in the last two years, the level of moral degradation, right, in our nation, the way people, you know, display pornography live at parties at reception. You know where it started from? Discrediting men of God. See, the devil is not stupid. The way many of us think as the devil, we think he's one stupid guy that has two horns, carries a pitchfork, and has a long tail. No, that's not the devil. If you are a woman, probably if you see the devil, you trip for him. The Bible calls him the morning star. He's handsome. He's beautiful. He's beautifully handsome and handsomely beautiful. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So he's not stupid. Remember that um, David was described as someone that was as wise as an angel. Angels are not stupid. They are intelligent beings. And the devil was an angel. In fact, he was an archangel before he was cast out of heaven. So do you think if the devil wants to take over the earth, it will be going after individuals. No. He will go after power centers. He will go after policies. He will go to places where one decision can influence millions of people. Let me tell you, the devil is not in Oracle. The devil is on media. How many people can Oracle influence for time? How many people? But media... One movie, millions of views. In fact, it's not only in movies, skits. It's time we start thinking strategically. That's how the devil thinks. Let me tell you this if the devil is going after one person, he's not just going after that person, he's going after the generation, he's going after what that person carries. When the devil was using Paul, it was not Paul he was using, what he was after was the book of Romans. Hebrews, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 1 Timothy. That's what he was after. Hmm. Praise God. So what are the steps you need to take? If you're going to thrive in a dark world, number one, you must have an accurate understanding of life and marketplace dynamics. Have an accurate understanding of life and the marketplace. In Proverbs 4 and verse 7, the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. It says that with all you're getting, get understanding. Get understanding. What does that mean? Know how things work. Stop receiving things at face value. Face value is often false value. Face value is, you see, when you go to a banking hall, you don't see the vaults at the banking hall. You don't even see the vaults. Do you see it? No, you don't. The things that are most valuable, the things that truly control things or controls our world, they are not things that are displayed publicly. So when something is being displayed too much, please understand this, that is not the real thing. That's not the real thing. That's not the real thing. (laughs) Have understanding. Proverbs 3 and verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. What are the basic understanding you need to have? Please realize this. The world is a battlefield. Life and the marketplace is a battlefield. After every victory, there will be another battle to fight. (laughs) Praise God. That's one of the reasons why many believers never thrive in a dark world. Because we have this, you know, escapist mentality. We want to escape the earth. (laughs) We are not planning to escape the earth. You want to escape your country. So you are always running, always running, always running. Always running away from things. 
I came across the scripture when I was on campus many years ago about a man that ran away from, uh, 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 was he a lion first? You know, he ran away from the lion. It's in the scriptures. I can't, you know, if media can help me look for it. The Bible says he ran away. And while he was running away, he met another animal. He ran away and he eventually got to his house. The Bible says as he was resting, a serpent struck, um, struck him. So what he was running away from eventually caught up with him in the house. In life, you can't keep running away from things. You must learn to confront things. You must learn to confront things. Because if you keep running, you see, if you are used to running away, you will not develop your battle muscles. That was what happened to Saul. Saul got the kingdom on the plea. He got it by the anointing. Let me tell you this. Whatever the anointing and grace gives to you, you must learn to preserve. But the day Goliath showed up, because he never fought a battle to get the throne, he ran away from Goliath. He took a boy that was 17, who had always been running after things, not running away from things. He took that young man by the name of David to be able to bring down Goliath. <laughs> you see, don't be used to running away from things. If you fail an exam, write it again. You might not even need that exam, but you are trying to tell yourself, that's the way I live my life. No, you can't conquer me. I must conquer you. It might seem little. If I'm trying to do something that is not working, I say, ah, you shall walk. Even if I made up my mind that this thing I don't really need, I will make sure proof that you can walk. Oh, God, that you can't. Because it's not about that thing. Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. If you, learn to, if, you, you see, if you program yourself to run away from things, you will keep running away in life. You keep running away. I remember when first lady and I when we were dating, I think we don't even started dating then, but I was already liking her, obviously. You know, and she was about quit because then she was single, like industry, you know, they were beginning to victimize her, saying, you know, as a single, you can't be. And she said she wanted to stop. And I told her, I said, I can't marry a quitter. Because if you give her that, you will wake up one day and say, this marriage thing is not working for me again. You see, it might sound funny, but it is the truth. That's why people who enter one relationship, break up, enter, break, enter, break. You are programming yourself for divorce. Because you are already used to it. You are already used to when something is not working. Let us leave and try another one. The first understanding you must have if you are going to thrive in a dark world is that the world, the marketplace and life itself is a battlefield. You have to leave battle ready. In the marketplace when a challenge shows up, you don't run away from it, you confront it. You confront it. You confront it. And let me tell you this, your battles will end the day you leave this earth. Your battles may be different. My battle will be different from yours. But your battle will end the day you close your eyes in death. That's the day your battles will end. But to think that a day will come, you just live on, you know, that's cost through life. No, 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 no. That day is never going to happen. So you must have a fighting spirit. If you're going to thrive in a dark world, you must have a fighting spirit. You can't afford to be, you know, you know me, I don't like trouble. Ah, you must like it. <laughs> Praise God. If I trouble is not showing up, go and look for trouble. Not that kind of trouble, but you understand what I'm saying. Hmm. Also, you need to understand that you are either surviving or you are thriving. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. You are either surviving or you are thriving. Also, you must realize and accept that the world is a spiritual place. Stop seeing everything just from a standpoint of logic, you know, corporates, you know. <laughs> I've played in the corporate place. I understand what I'm saying. 
You know, sometimes I just thank God to say, you know, that I, you know, I, 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 as it were, I did not just go into ministry like that. Because maybe some of the, I might not have understood some things. That's what there's nothing anybody wants to say about marketplace. Trust me, I understand. It's a spiritual place. Don't get it twisted. Don't be deceived by the suits, the ties, the clean looks, you know, um, the high heels. Don't be deceived by that. Those are, remember, whatever you see being displayed is not the real thing. Also, you need to realize that there is no difference between your life at work and your spiritual work. You must learn to merge the two because of the advantage. There is no difference between your life at work and your spiritual work. There is no difference. There is no, if you're going to try in a dark world, you must have that basic understanding that my life at work, right, is not different from my life or my work with God. Many people try to live like schizophrenics, like people with bipolar disorders. You live one life on Sunday, Monday through Saturday, you are unrecognizable. No, don't be like, you see, doing that is playing at a disadvantage. So the devil is smart. If he wants to attack you, he will not attack you Sunday morning. No, he will wait for when you are at your weakest moment. It's one life you have. You don't have two lives. You don't have two lives. You are not bipolar. So you can't live one life on a Sunday morning, live another life Monday through Saturdays. No. You are the same person. And you must learn to integrate your life. Don't create a dichotomy. The only people that find it difficult to understand this are believers. And I don't know why. You go to many of these guys, you know, uh, uh, some of these Haitian, Lebanese guys, you go to their shops, you go to their offices, you see their gods, they display it, they don't care. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. They put it at their lintel, you, they don't care. You look at it funny like what's going on here. They don't care. If you want to walk here, you can't tell them to remove it. You came to walk here, so you must pass through these entrance and bow down of some sort. So you must carry a bigger god if you're going to thrive in that environment. See, your work with God is your advantage. The world will try to make you feel that, you know, it's not that. Uh, you know, don't let us bring God here. <laughs> Once you start hearing that, they're about to get you. Say, no, I don't let's bring God. It's not about, you know, this one is about, you know, you know <laughs> permutation and combination. Ah, they're about to permutate your destiny. There is no difference. There is no difference. When David was going to confront Goliath, David understood this was not a physical battle. He turned the battle spiritual. That's what the Bible says when he was going after Goliath. He said, I come to you in the name of the God of Israel. I'm not coming to you as a guy that knows how to use a sling and a stone. No. When they told Daniel, you know, it's just for maybe three days or seven days. How many days they even say? I can't remember. You know, don't pray to your God. Just, you know, just, just pray to King Darius. You know, anything you want to ask, ask the king in prayers. Ah, Daniel knew they were about to get me. So he opened his window. <laughs> because he knew, he understood that we got there. Many of us, we get things by God. You got that job by miracle. You got it by prayers. You got it by fasting. But you get there. And now you begin to adjust. You begin to integrate. No, they should not think I'm a, I'm a church boy. So where are you? A mox boy. Or a shrine boy. Who are you? 
And you know what happens in this part of the world? The moment you begin to live a life of separation, is a pastor. Wear it. It's a badge of honor. I know I'm not a pastor. I'm not a pastor. What's wrong with you? Okay, should they, what should they call you? Devil. Is it not better to be called pastor? They say, ah, you have now become a pastor. It's fine. It means they are beginning to see the difference. That you are not like us. If they are not saying that, it simply means you have integrated. There is no difference. Before I became a pastor, they've been calling me pastor. But that's not why I became a pastor anyway. <laughs> Praise God. I told us before, the hostel I was living when I was on campus. You know, maybe, I've, maybe it was just destiny. I've never believed in separating. No, go where they are. How can you win them if you're avoiding them? How can you speak to them if you don't even understand how they think? If you don't understand their language? How? But when you want to win, so you go after them. About to win. They can never hear you because you don't even understand their language. How you see? Let me tell you this. You cannot reach out to a people you don't love. When the Bible says love not the world or the things that are in the world, it's not talking about the people. It says love not the world or the things or the things. Many believers who shout in church, Amen, Hallelujah, Glory, lose their voice in the place of prayers. If you check their heart, the love of the things of the world is still there. I had recently the bishop. He said many years ago he went to Canada, you know, and in the, he was going around the hotel with a friend of his, and they saw a ring. $210,000. And his friend said, I like it. He said, I can never like it. <laughs> he said, this money, this ring, we built two churches. His friend said, I mean, I like it. He said, no problem. He said, if that kind of ring, if I sleep and I see it in my hand, I will throw it away. <laughs> Praise God. But you look at men like that. You know, the media says so many nonsense about people like that, that they're after your money. Somebody who is after your money cannot think like that. I don't think like that. You know why I started wearing white? Is that because it's the cheapest thing to wear? White does not fit to anything. It only fits to white. It just gets whiter. Love not the world or the things that are in the world. So you don't love the things in the world, but you love the people. Because you can't win them if you don't love them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for the seed of your word has been sown.